So, fuck yes, welcome after the hype your host, I'm Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty and, and nobody else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, that's it. It's just us. <laughs> Two is the loneliest number. Uh, but for this week and next week, we do have a very special guest who's filling in for Emily Blake and kind of chewy at the same time. We have Sam Garrison back. Hi, Sam. Hi. Thank you for filling in for the next two weeks. It's uh, much appreciated. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're recording two weeks in one weekend, and Emily is at Gallifrey One this weekend having a great time, and Chewie got called into work uh, yesterday, so she will not be here for the next two weeks either. But that it does not mean anything. We're going to be fine. And we have a special guest here who's already saying to you, which is very much in his way. Hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I was just walking down the street, and then Brian just screamed out his window, Hey, you got to do a podcast. <laughs> Get in here. You're on for two weeks. Sure. <laughs> that is, to be fair, our recruitment. Yeah, I mean, that's how we get everybody. We yeah. Just walk around. Who wants to be on a show? I mean, usually, like, you know, Brian, like, shoots us with, like, a tranquilizer dart, yeah. and we'll end up in a room. Like... Well, that's usually if someone says no first. Yeah. Like, like... Yeah. That's only if you say no. This is why I never say no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've learned. We've learned. <laughs> and the funny thing is he always finds your guys' house, our houses. Yeah. I'm good like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah we just keep switching. It's like, how did you walk us. all the way over here? Well, I drove. Yeah, just, why yeah. are you in Lawndale? <laughs> Just don't cross me is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I when I first thought of doing the movie, it, the first thought was how can I schedule a weekend when Emily can't be here because she is horrified of clowns. Uh, and we found a weekend for that. And then the next thing was, well, I need to have Chris on. Because uh, I, I love clowns. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew you loved this movie. And oh, we yeah, talked oh, about yeah. it. So it's like, all right, I, I, I have the perfect guest for this one. Um, but before we do any of that, we should do a quick where have you been doing. I will go first. Uh, something that I was going to mention last week and then I didn't. Uh, I watched the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, and it was okay. I didn't hate it the way that other people I, did. I, I didn't, really, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't good. I didn't I really hate it either. It. I just thought it was okay. I still, like, ha- I haven't watched it yet, so now I'm curious. I think, I think the big mistake was that it came after Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, because I really, I, I love Ten Cloverfield Lane. I love the performances. I like the script. I liked everything about it. And this one just kind of felt. Fine. Like it wasn't yeah. the worst. Like people really hate it, and I don't think it's. It worth felt like that at a all. really good episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, I. And I it, it was a really media. It was a not great Cloverfield entry, but it, was, it would have been a great episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, I'm here for it. I, I I made the joke afterwards that it just needed like Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi running around with a sonic screwdriver, and it was an episode of Doctor Who. Like yeah. it's yeah, yeah it, it's it's about that level of quality, which isn't like a knock against it. It's fine. Yeah. I would even say it's it's Black Mirror esque, but without the comment, like the without the deft commentary yeah there's really like that's kind of i think because it's not really saying the movie's not saying anything but like i don't know it fit that that the conjunction of the sphere so to speak of like my mood and what i wanted to watch and that movie just happened to be out yeah but it's kind of weird because like you just kind of hit it like the first two movies you can tell really have something to say right and this one just kind of didn't like it was just like hey here's some you know very talented people like Set director, yeah. like everybody involved, is very talented, and they just kind of put him in this. Eh. Are you familiar with these six sci-fi movies? Yeah, great. Like, You're gonna have an okay time with this. And it just it felt yeah. like it had that like, uh, hey, we're doing parallel dimensions, and that means that we're smart. And it's like. Uh, it means that you're 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 in the right track. It means you've seen Event Horizon. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> now I wouldn't go so far to say it's like, like 
forget this movie and go see Event Horizon only because it's like there are more than one movie you can watch. Yeah, and it's yeah. enjoyable still. And everyone yeah. in the movie is yeah. very good. It brought back I can never pronounce her name, the girl from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and she's fucking phenomenal. I love her. And uh, Zhang Ziyi or is it yeah. Ziyi Zhang? I forget the so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper way, but like, she's and, fantastic. And Chris O'Dowd's in it, and I, I have a huge man crush on Chris O'Dowd. Like he's, he's fantastic. Well, Daniel Brühl can Daniel Brühl is oh like so, like so. It's that definitely worth watching. I just I wouldn't. <laughs> And frankly, I love how they released the movie. Yeah, that was I, awesome. Just completely out of the blue. The Surprise, same, fuckers! And here's the thing: it worked. The same day I heard, like I heard it, the same day it was coming out, I was like, "Oh, it's coming out right after the Super Bowl." Oh, yeah. I am totally watching this now that it just came yeah. out without any warning, and I got no one's feedback on it. Will and I were home with the flu and don't have cable, so we were just refreshing Netflix until the <laughs> Super Bowl was over. So you were like Mark Zuckerberg at the end of the Social Network, just yeah. desperately waiting. For that <laughs> Desperate. <laughs> Trent Reznor is just behind you making music. He's <laughs> <laughs> more so just holding chords for a little while. <laughs> Bling. Bling. And I could just see him just like looking sullenly at his, uh, yeah. his piano just being like... And Aaron Sorkin is in the very... Like in the back, you're like, yes, this is great material. <laughs> I think we're going to write a five-page tr- monologue about this. No one's going to edit it down. Let's Call walk, let's walk and talk it. <laughs> I think we've circled the drain on Cloverfield, so I'll say that's it for me. Uh, John? All right. Uh, so I made a rule for myself with watching movies on Netflix and streaming. Is like if I can't decide and I find myself uh, just channel surfing, so to speak, I will watch a TV series that I've been meaning to watch something like, and just force myself to watch it. And that series has become Supernatural. Because it's got 12 seasons, a lot of episodes. I was like, if I can't decide to watch something, just freaking watch this. And... It's been a good method, and I've been enjoying the show. I'm only like four episodes in out of 12 seasons, so like... You got a long way to go. I got a long way to go, but now it's kind of putting me in a a new habit of watching movies. If I want to watch a movie, pick it, or else watch Supernatural. Well, you got a (laughs) three-day weekend ahead of you, so uh, you know, just jump right in, and I'm sure you'll get the... Which I learned on Friday at (laughs) 6. Our boss was like, you don't have to come into work. I was like, why? Because I I just don't know holidays. I had the exact opposite. It's like, hey, by the way, you have to work the whole weekend. What? Fuck you. Oh. (laughs) But, no, but yeah, that's... so yeah, I've been enjoying it, and it's very much of its time, and I'm like, I'm comfortable in that. Yeah, Sam, what about you? I saw Fifty Shades Freed last weekend. Of course you did. I was so <laughs> excited. No, um, it's become an annual tradition in our house to watch those movies. Ironically, on Valentine's Day, because apparently I'm hipster garbage. <laughs> um, we got blitzed, and. Even that didn't help. It was <laughs> it was the worst one in the franchise. It's the worst studio film I've ever seen. And I saw Suicide Squad. And it was oh just hot garbage. I can't believe, like, on a human level, there's nothing redeeming about its message. The performances are terrible. It's, it's ugly. The music is horrible. Rita Ora's in an Adidas tracksuit, which I don't... I don't know. <laughs> um, that... <laughs> The there's an insult where she literally screams at a woman to get back in her shit colored car. That shit colored car is a Porsche Panamera. That's like a nice car. Hashtag rich white people problems. I know. No kidding. <laughs> and they're like, Wait, they're like in an Audi R10, which is like similarly nice. But I'm always gonna go Porsche. I can you see know? the note yeah. the note session. How do rich people insult each other? I don't know. Get you chose a dumb you. color for your car. And they your five hundred thousand dollar car is not that great. I know. It was. It's amazing. Like and like, not that great. Like you you acknowledge it's still pretty good, but not yeah. that great. Well, you know, it's better than what you know. You drive the uh, the, the Volkswagen or whatever it is. I don't know. It's the Volkswagen easy. Diamond. It's not as diamond enough. It's better than my lime green Honda Fit. Because <laughs> they're so, better than us. 
So oh, Fifty Shades Freed, you'd, you'd recommend it? Oh, I I recommend these movies to everyone because it's <laughs> such hot garbage. Yeah. Like the they just get worse and worse in the best way. See, uh, former co-host Ryan made us watch the first one for this show, and I was out. And I made it through all of it. I was entertained. If you ever. Will and I would love to come discuss this franchise on this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think I could watch another one. Like, uh, they're just. What What about a podcast takeover? The second <laughs> you wouldn't one, have to do anything. The second and one and the maybe third one. Maybe when I'm trying to leave, I'll let The second one and the third one, they start exploring butt stuff, and it gets weird. <laughs> Only is she doing butt stuff to him? Because no, then I'm into it. Of course not. Right, fucking movies. He wears, <laughs> he wears sex jeans. Like, that is a thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. She's doing a better job, like making me want to see this movie than because I'm like sex jeans. Sex jeans. They look like Brett Favre's Wranglers, and then he grabs his like BDSM whip, and we just like. It's Is it on a labeled ever. hook BDSM whip? And he's like, oh, thank you. No, he's got like a library of them. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I am going to see my family after this, so uh, thank you for giving me that option. Also, one other thing. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. Also, one other thing: if you join us, for, if you if you're in the white elephant um, episode and you just so and I just so happen to be a co-host during that one, <laughs> pray because I will give you a studio film that is worse than Suicide Squad or Fifty Shades Freed. It's called Supernova. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> we can just pick any canon film and you'd be fine. Uh, Chris, what about you? Where have you been doing? Hey, Runaway Train is a great movie. Um, sure. <laughs> Well, um, I'll actually I'll do two because they kind of do, go in tandem with each other. You are recording two episodes today. Remember that. Oh, 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 oh no, 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 no! These go in two tandem because okay. I, I saw a little uh, independent film uh, from a small um, independent um, company called Black Panther. Um, which was, you know, sure. Is that A twenty four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, they they picked it up on uh, at. Fuck! I wish A twenty four would do Marvel movies. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get you'd get some in, you get like some really interesting ones. I feel like with that one and stuff. No, I mean like. What else could be said about Black Panther that hasn't been said already? It's fantastic. It's an amazing. What's the runtime? Uh, two hours and fifteen minutes. Um, but the thing is, is that I think what the greatest strength of it is, is that it is so different from any other film, Marvel film that they have done. Where like Ryan Coogler, from what I read, like kind of knew his negotiating power with this one and kind of said to them, I'm going to do this one my way. Like, it's still going to fit into your universe, mm -hmm. but we are not going to do the standard kind of origin Marvel film with this one. We are really going to go into our own, uh, to a different direction with this. And I think it really played to the movie's strengths. Um, Michael B. Jordan is a revelation in this. I mean, he's been excellent before and stuff, yeah. but he is amazing. He's the best Marvel villain I've seen. He has that. He has. He is amazing in it. Now, now, give me context that because Marvel villains aren't good. <laughs> You're right. There's only two. There's only two. Like good Marvel villains, and I'm using quotes on good. Because when you're saying he's like, so, wait, wait, wait. So what are the two? Loki and who? Uh, Vulture. I would disagree on Vulture, but okay. Yeah. He's, <laughs> it's a Harry Osborn ripoff. That's not Vulture, but that's okay. <laughs> not you're called not Vulture. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. What was it? No, that, that was. Just, I was just trying to get a context because I. Well, whenever they cast people on my wood list, it's a good villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's. I mean, I mean, here's the thing about uh, Michael B. Jordan is that I wouldn't necessarily call him a villain in this picture. He's more just like the guy who like is opposed to black to uh, T'Challa in this picture. He's not really like he's not an, an overly overt bad guy in this. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm seeing so, it tomorrow. So I mean, like, yeah, and notice how I'm trying to be very vague because it's kind of yeah. like I do not want to tell you some of the surprises that are held that are held in this picture at certain points. Now, does it take place after Civil War or it takes place literally 
24 hours after Civil War. Okay. That is when the film begins. It literally begins as soon as, like, you know, Black Panther takes, like, and drops off Baron Zemo. It's yeah. literally, like, the plane ride afterwards is it opens. But it also oh. takes place, a lot of the film takes place before Civil War, and I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. Um, the second How thing, can a movie do that? No, no, no. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Um, and then after that, no I, uh, on a whim, because I had nothing else to do yesterday, um, saw for the first time ever the 2015 Fantastic Four. Um, Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Um, you know, I know Josh Trank, from what I understand, acted like a real douchebag at certain points in time and stuff, but. Um, I am really would love to see his original cut of that picture because I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. It's <laughs> oh, like I saw no, it. the fir- the first half of it is actually legitimately a fairly good build up to like you know then like the origin of that of them as characters and stuff becoming it, and then it just takes a huge massive nosedive from there. Oh, when it jumps a year ahead. When it jumps a year ahead, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, that? and all of a sudden I'm looking, and all of a sudden I pause my TV and I'm like, wait a second, I'm an hour into this picture and there's only 30 minutes left and they just got their superpowers yeah. like. And it's literally just kind of like, oh, yeah, we brought Doom in and stuff. And all of a sudden, Doom's a bad guy. And, yeah, yeah, we got to defeat everybody and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Which kind of stinks because they had. And they take one of the strongest and best female Marvel characters ever and turn her into a mode of transportation. Not only Way to take, go, Josh Trank. Not going to take her into a mode of transportation. But that's, I mean, like, she doesn't have any interaction with the thing, which cracks me up. Like, her and the thing do not talk at all in the nope. picture. And they're supposed to be a fucking team. Family, not like, team. Fantastic right. Four is supposed to be family. a family. Yep. And there's no sense that, like, you get that kind of interaction between Reed and Johnny at a lot of in a lot of the picture. But kind of. Yeah. And yeah. it's, man you're, man, you're just like making, you're just making me think like, yeah, this movie is a piece of crap. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> and I like the direction that they kind of took it in where they're kind of like, oh, let's do Fantastic Four by way of Cronenberg. Sure. Yeah. It's just, if you're going to do that, you got to go all the way with it. And yeah. instead, what happened was that I felt like they stopped halfway through and they're like, oh, my God, we're making a Fantastic Four movie and it's going to be like a horror movie and we can't do this. <laughs> the suits come in. You got to rein right. it in, dude. <laughs> I don't want to. I made Chronicle, damn it. Chronicle. And now you're done. <laughs> yeah. And now he's uh, kicked off of everything. Oh, man. What a, what a fuck up. <laughs> I hated that movie so much. Uh, but I'm also a huge Fantastic Four fan, so. Anyhow, uh, so let's move into today's movie. Uh, it's uh, it's it, it's it. It's the movie. It's it. It, it, it <laughs> I'm is going to see the it. movie. <laughs> this is it. That's uh, it. I, I still think it's one of the worst titled anything ever. Uh, all the way going back to Stephen King's book. I kind of hate it. It's really pompous and annoying, but whatever. Um, Good luck telling people what movie you're going to see. And that's really the. Oh the God! End it of was so complaints. confusing when I was already group screening stuff. Like, hey guys, we're going to see it. What are we going to see? It. Okay, what's yep. it? I, Motherfucker, do this no. again to me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's basically the sarcastic bastard's dream title. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> uh, so this movie, I'm trying to go back to numbers and review systems because I kind of like doing that. Uh, this movie made Warner Brothers a literal fuck ton of money this year, which I'm sure they appreciated. They spent 35 on it, which still seems low. Like You have to see every cent on screen because it didn't feel like a super low-budget movie to me no it felt uh, like a 50 minute like, yeah like the budget was much actually close to like 75 at certain yep. points that's what happens when you're not paying for cast that's yeah that's oh, that very would, true I, yes yeah. you are absolutely yeah. right yeah. about that one i mean the biggest name in this thing is the kid from stranger things so it's like yeah totally and we uh, don't even know his name we just know him as the kid from stranger oh finn wolf Wolf-Hard. i know it's finn wolfhard because his like, last name is wolfhard oh like cory wolfhard oh get ready this kid as soon as he hits puberty they're gonna jack him up and put him on weights and he's gonna be in the next action superhero finn wolfhard in yeah 
superhero mm-hmm. or superstar, porn superstar. Yeah. The kid's got options. One of the two he's definitely going to do. <laughs> it won't be. Uh, he can choose one. He cannot have the other, though. Nope. <laughs> Stallone uh, did both. That's true. It's but that's because and so did st- Jackie Chan. There you go. But that's because yeah. he's Stallone. <laughs> and well, Jackie and Chan. And this kid will be Wolfheart. <laughs> you know, uh, with, with a name like that, you got options, kid. Okay, we're, we're done with this. We're moving on. <laughs> Are uh, we? So Are this movie made $700 million on a $35 million budget, which is just fucking profit galore, which is why we're getting right. another one as soon as humanly possible. Sweet. Uh, the review comes from Metacritic, as I like to do, and I usually try to read the ones that are opposite to what we'll be saying. So this is a uh, from Gina K. Uh, I'm going to read it as nicely as I can. Um, here we go. I hereby nominate this as the dullest film I've seen this year, or maybe ever. It seemed to go on forever, and <laughs> I saw this with a Stephen King fan who thought about asking me halfway through if I wanted to leave. This <laughs> The direction was pedestrian. The kids, with few exceptions, were not interesting. The set design was okay. But if you've seen one small town, you've seen them all, at least if you go by this picture. And even at the haunted old house looked cliche, like every scary hole in the ground, and there were dozens of those. I guess this only made money because there was almost no other blockbuster for competition this summer. A real snore. One out of ten. This, this summer? <laughs> it so- came out of September! <laughs> And that's just somebody. Like, I'm sorry, Gina K. You are tough to please. Oh uh, God, I do not want to ever meet this person. I'm just gonna look at them. I'm just, I'm just gonna like look at them with like slight eye, like with like slight eyes, and be like, really? Yeah, really? that's that's like when uh when a uh, very fun guest of our show, Elliot, tells me that uh um Mad Max Fury Road is boring. I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess if that's how you feel. <laughs> it's like. But he told hey, me. you do you, man. You do you. <laughs> uh, okay, let me pull up a 30-second timer here, and we can do ourselves a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, this week coming to you by Chris. Chris, are you excited for this? Ah, uh, yeah. Let's do this. All right, so 2017's It in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. It is the story of seven children who live in the small town of Derry, Maine, who discover that there is an eternal evil living underneath them in the sewers, who takes the form of Pennywise the Dancing Clown, who every 27 years decides to come around and eat numerous children. Rallying, and dis- rallying using each other's friendship, they decide to put an end to this evil once and for all, but realize that they are also characters in a 1,000-page book and will probably be part of a sequel. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, nice. I'd say that was a success. Uh, you you skipped over a lot of rather important parts, but I like the way you did it. So Look, man, I'll... I got thirty seconds. All right, like I was like, oh no, 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 I am not going to try to rattle this off. I'm going to end it twenty five seconds. Done. Picking and choosing, man. Picking and choosing. Yeah, yeah it, uh, I'll say that works. Um, so before we jump into the movie, I want to try to say one clarifying thing. So I'm trying to do this episode today for people who have seen this movie. Not necessarily seen the old 80s TV special. Like We can kind of talk about that, but definitely haven't read the book because, as you said, it's over a 1,000 pages, so a lot of people haven't done that. So I'm I wanna... that person. Okay, so perfect. So <laughs> I don't want to spoil. Like uh, A lot of people know there's a really like, famous death that kicks off the original movie, uh, and this franchise hasn't gotten to that yet. So I don't want to talk about who dies uh, or anything else coming up. So anyone who's only seen the movie, you're still good to go listening to this episode. I'm not going to spoil anything for Chapter 2. Cool? Okay, I'm gonna. St- I'm just gonna say this to you after the podcast. We got to talk because I have an interesting theory about what you just said about what I think they're gonna do in the movie. Because I think they're gonna switch up certain things. I think so too. But yeah, I think I think we're, I think yeah. we're both on the same yeah. page. So, I think I already know what you're thinking. Um, about, so. so we'll we'll get there. But uh, well, we're not in this episode. Chris and I will get there after yes. we stop recording. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
if we Clearly do a enough, chapter it two, died. we will talk about if our theory is correct. Yeah. I mean, yes, I yeah. saw that. That yeah. happened. I don't know what the sequel is going to be. Exactly. So let's let's we're gonna we're gonna leave it there, and we can start talking about today's episode. Uh, and I want to start. The Babadook comes in. They I'd have watch, a, they have I would a good old time. I actually <laughs> watch the shit out of that movie. To, to the Babadook. The Babadook. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually watch the I'm Babadook at Pennywise on like a sitcom. Like, see, oh. they, they decided to give it up. They was like, let's just go on the road, take our show on the road, and they just sing and dance. Yeah, so you have Pennywise dancing clown just they, with they Babadook, and then the Babadook the is behind scene. everyone in the in the crowd, being like, "Do you like the show?" <laughs> just knocking really loud on the wall, like I'm helping. <laughs> and then afterwards, uh, Pennywise goes out to him like, "Dude." <laughs> uh, so anyhow, the I think the best place to start with this movie is the titular character of Pennywise, the clown. I was going to save him for last, but he's really like he's the drawing thing of this movie. Yeah. He is the thing that people show up to see, and the one thing that people are like, "Can he do it?" Because nobody really knows who Bill Skarsgård is. That was, I think, the big question for everybody leading up to this film was: is that who's going to play Pennywise? How are they going to portray Pennywise? Like, what is yeah. Pennywise going to be in this film? I yeah. think, cause, especially because the early marketing campaigns were so ridiculous, it looked like it was not going to be good, and he was not going to yeah. be good in it. The first I, trailer, I was like. Ugh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I have a theory. I think Warner Brothers or whoever did the marketing for this picture um and you got to admit when they got to when they got to the like the last leg of this one they really pulled out all the stops in the marketing for this yeah, one Yeah, it, it took a little while to get there though. But I think I would not surprise me if they decided, you know what? Let's really underplay him and make people think that we don't have the goods on this one and then as we and then kind of build it up as we go and then kind of like make it seem like, oh yeah, we actually do cuz he's like the I don't know about you guys, but he's like the shark in Jaws in this picture where he yeah. shows up at the most random places at times, which I thought was a brilliant ploy in, well, in their part. Well, it does a really good job because it makes sure that you never feel safe. Yes. Like, like there's no like, oh, I'm safe during the day or at night or in my house or on the covers of my bed. Like, like he can get you fucking anywhere. Or a library. Yeah. Like, there, and I think they... Or when something else is already tormenting me. Yeah. Like... <laughs> when he waves that arm, that was... Oh, my God. The most disturbing well, moment yeah. in the No, film. see, the, the, the most disturbing scare to me came during the second or it was either the second or third time I saw because I saw this movie about four times in the theaters that's how much I liked it yeah. um, is the library scene and I'm not uh-huh. talking about the decapitation the creepy lady that's the just lady standing in, in the background staring. yeah so that's what I wanted to get to here quick that in horror films I always look to these date like to the daylight for relaxing respite you know like a break and this movie didn't give it and I was no. like and I was like this was awesome because so, like I, the library scene is in particular I would say it gives you plenty of breaks. It just not really when like not at the standard horror movie times. Like yeah. so, like you like it doesn't really play to your expectations. Where it's like, oh, this kid should be fine. He's during the day and ra- surrounded by adults. No, he's not fine. But it does as soon as you kind of get to know the pacing of the movie. Pennywise gives you breaks when they're all together, which plays into the plot of the film of yeah. they're strongest when they're together. So if they're all together doing something, you can pretty much guess for the most part nothing's gonna jump out and scare you right now. Until he gets to like the last third of the movie, and then like he comes through the projector and that sort of stuff. But well, he's just like, "Fuck it, I gotta kill these kids." But um, but so what you were saying earlier about the marketing of the movie, I think they did a good job holding back what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Like they showed like one promotional still of him, but they really kept him out of the trailers. But I don't know if that was because they were trying to be smart about it and hold him back, or if it was they weren't settled on his design yet. Well, I think another big factor was is, is that well, in the, the marketing... the first image that they released was that still from Entertainment Weekly before yeah. there was a trailer, and it became a meme. So I think yeah. they realized they needed to pull back because yeah. out of context, it doesn't work. No, and they and especially because the Entertainment Weekly still was before they decided to have him go uh, like fish-eyed. 
Because throughout the whole movie, his eyes are never like unless he's about to kill that's somebody. That's because Bill Skarsgård has a lazy eye. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. He, he, that's, no, that's, that's he, him. That's not that, them. And I'll give you another thing that apparently was um, there was actually several things to his performance that they said randomly came up on set. Um, the lip thing that he does is also not a CGI thing. He does that. And he can do that in real life where he oh, kind wow. of like extends his like where he's able to almost unnaturally extend his lower lips so that way you can almost see a part of his jaw huh. is a big thing. And then the other thing that happened was is that. When they were testing the makeup, he had a problem with his saliva in that it kept, he kept drooling in the makeup and everything. Is that the makeup? Huh. It was almost like there was a pocket on on his mouth or something that would keep it that would all of a sudden fill up with saliva and then he'd start drooling out of it and everything. Yeah. And at first they were like, "Oh, we got to start bending the table. Um, oh, we got to fix that and everything." And then all of a sudden, like the director was like, "Actually, let's see if we can keep that in and like see what the drool looks like." And then when they did yeah. the storm drain scene, they were like, "Oh my god, that looks fantastic." Yeah. No, it looks great. I didn't know he had a lazy eye. That's kind of they definitely played with it. But like the the thing was though, like you go back and watch the trailers, his eyes look different. Like they definitely CGI'd over his eyes. Oh, I think they CGI'd over them because well, I mean they CGI they over them in the morning. Yeah, exactly. He yeah, color. Yeah. Like when he's trying to tempt, when he's trying to do the tempting thing, they actually he his eyes in that actually have several different phases. It's not just yeah. one or two. Oh, totally. Yeah, there's a bunch. Because in the third act, when he's battling them in the sewers, his like you know usually has like the yellow eyes, which look semi-human, but then. Like in the final battle when he's holding the kid and everything, I don't know about you guys, but his eyes are like almost alien in yeah. that in that scene. Well, the the only thing that they did with his eyes in the trailer that I wish they had kept because mm-hmm. they took it, they changed it in the movie was in the uh, the scene with Bill when he goes mm-hmm. down to see his little brother and Pennywise is in the water. When he comes out of the water, when you watch it in the trailer, his eyes don't reflect in the water. And I thought that was like a really cool touch. Like, oh man, well, it's creepy. almost like a skull or something. Yeah, like exactly. That is in the water. But then in the movie, his eyes reflect. It's a total. Oh, see, and it's like, oh, you're better in the trailer. Like that was a smart choice. Uh, I got to go with that one. I yeah. agree with you 100. <laughs> that because I noticed that in the trailer where I was like, oh shit, he's a, he has like a skull in the trailer. That's so yeah. cool. It's a horror everything. film. We are looking in every goddamn reflection. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Especially because I caught it in the trailer. I'm like, man, that's creepy. That's awesome. And then they changed it for the movie. Oh. Like, I think it's also, I think this, Pennywise is a unique monster in um, horror also. I think the main reason why he I find him so interesting is just that, um, you know, I like if my memory serves me correct, um, Bill Skarsgård, is it Skarsgård or Skarsgård? Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Okay. In interviews, he talked about how, like, you know, in a lot of other monster movies, they, the, the, the actors who play them, they always try to find, they always try to talk about how, like, they try to find the humanity in the monster. They try to find, like, you know, that thing that makes them sympathetic. He said in interviews that the difficult thing with performing as Pennywise is he had to come up with the opposite. Pennywise has no sympathy, doesn't oh, give yeah. a flying fuck, <laughs> only wants to oh. eat and is just this creature that just has no resemblance to humanity in the long run and See, everything. I would push back. He does give a flying fuck. He needs you to be as scared as humanly no, possible. You're actually right. Yeah. He, got that he cares, war. but he just he wants you to be more frightened than you've ever been before because you taste better when you're scared. He just really wants that sous chef like yeah. kind of which, thing and everything. Which I wish they didn't have to call out in the last act because I like I think yeah. most of us as horror films kind of <laughs> get it. It's like, oh, he's scaring you because he wants to scare you because you he wants to eat you when you're frightened. And then at the end of the movie, when he's holding up Bev, and he's like, "Mmm, tasty fear." I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Like you, you were like, "There's so many things about this movie that's like perfect." And then like they had these like eh, moments. Although I do love it, and it's such a great character moment when Bev just does go, "I'm not afraid of you," and all of a sudden he like, yanks her to and he's like, yeah. he does a sniffing, and he just and you just like, and I love the fact that Bill doesn't play it as him trying to terrify her, but just genuinely like, just like like Pennywise just says that scene where he just kind of turns his head. He's just like, "God." Damn it. Like, I got to bring out the big guns on this one. Like, I really don't want to, but I have to. I mean, like, Pennywise, 
he's almost a prima donna at times in the yeah. picture. It's kind of hysterical. Like it's almost it's almost like like nervously funny like i love the scene also when like when um bill and um richie first when they run into the room as he's trying to eat eddie and everything and yeah. like he turns around and he just has this look on his face like the fuck guys i'm giving you my all right now <laughs> like i'm trying to scare the shit out of you and you're just not letting me like let me do my job god damn it and he's very good at his job oh no he's <laughs> great i mean like it's almost animalistic how yeah he's he's got one purpose and he doesn't know what to do when it, his yeah, Where I, patterns don't I, work. There's I would, that instinctual. Yeah, totally. Because I don't think the way that they play it in this movie, though, especially the way that Bill plays it, is like I don't think he's ever had pushback before. Yeah, he's never had to deal with this problem. No, and he's legitimately, and like I said, the thing about it that is that I think elevates this movie above like your standard horror movie that has come out over the past couple of years is is that Pennywise is legitimately getting pissed off, and he's not getting. Yeah scary pissed off or like ah, I'm gonna try to eat you and everything like that he's legitimately like you could almost see him going back to his hideaway and everything just sitting there and just being like what, the hell, what am I supposed to do oh. now like these kids aren't scared of me like come on like this has been working for thousands of years yeah. and now I gotta deal with these kids and I, I wanna see what you guys think uh, and then we'll start moving on to the kids and whatnot. at the end of the film uh for those of you, for some reason, who haven't seen it in one and everything spoiled for you, uh, Pennywise has basically fought all the kids, is getting his ass handed to him far more than I think he ever expected, and he gets a hold of Bill, like basically in a headlock, and he's like, all right, I'm taking a, this one. A great and, monologue. Yeah, it's fucking great. He's like, I'm taking this one. The rest of you can fuck off and live the rest of your lives. Do you think he was offering them a real deal or not? I think, well... Because I do. I think... Ooh, see, here's the thing is, is that, like, oh, God, why are we... Because... All right, look, I'm going into theory territory here and stuff. I hate to say yeah. this and stuff. This is not in – I've read the book. This is not in the book, so nope. I do not want anybody to think I'm spoiling anything in the nope. book. I'm going into total theory territory. I think that's exactly what they're planning in Chapter 2. I think it's going to be revealed that they're all successes, that they all have happy lives or at least like yeah. successful lives and everything. And I think it's going to be revealed in the movie that that is actually his doing to try to keep them the fuck out of the town. Yeah, that could be. I think that is a thing that they're actually going to do in the movie. I think. Well, no, I. The only reason why I would disagree with you is because I think I honestly think that Pennywise was grasping for straws at the end. Like he knew he couldn't beat the kids. When they're all fighting together, he loses, and he knows it. So I honestly think that he's. I don't think it was a real deal. I don't think so either. Bill's the beating heart of the group, and in taking Bill, he would have separated them and removed what made them not afraid. See. So do you think that if he took Bill and everything, he actually would have been like, oh, now I got them. Like, and yeah, actually, and actually over the, over the next two weeks would have like kind of taken them down one everyone, by one. Everyone but Bev, I think. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, just because of the way he's been so far, he, he, you, when you're that desperate, you'll say what you're going to say and act well. But I mean, like, I, like going back to that monologue was fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. Just the wonderful. way he delivers it because... That the way he delivers that is so scary on a primal and psychological level, where he's just kind of like, "Oh, you could forget about all these horrible yeah. things. I'm still going to be out there. I'm still going to be murdering people, but you don't have to worry about me. That's the deal I'm offering. Just walk away, and I'm cool." Yeah. It's just, it's disturbed, and he delivers it perfectly. Oh I yeah, mean, like, I mean, like, I know we talked. I know you talked about how scene there are certain scenes stuff. The two scenes that he needed to nail that he did was that scene and the beginning scene with him in the drain and everything. Oh yeah, he and nails it perfectly. I, I think he nails almost everything. I, I don't. I don't really blame him for like, any of the little bumps I have in it. I think were director choices that I disagreed with. Yeah, but I don't think they're bad. I just think they didn't really work for me a hundred percent. 
And but I overall, I, I'd still love the movie, like love it. But well, I mean, like another acting choice that I think that he did that was absolutely brilliant. Although, and if and props to the director for recognizing this is the opening scene in the Star Dream where you have that five seconds where like he's laughing with Georgie, and then all of a sudden he just phases out of it, and he's kind yeah. of like, and where he's almost kind of like, I really want to eat you, yeah. Like, and he just has that look on his face where he's like, Oh, I'm so hungry, like. I got you now. I know and, and, I got and you. And what's kind of great about that scene is the trailers give like that scene away kind of in pieces. We have some preconceived notions of that. That's the famous scene of it. Yeah. That's the, you know. The scene. The scene. We know it. We think we know it. And this movie did subtle things throughout each that whole scene well, where it was like it was different enough. Like it made me uneasy. And again, not to harp on the original TV special, but since it was a TV special, they had to pull a lot of punches. So like in the book, they uh, – like he gets his arm ripped off, and so yeah. like watching this movie, I'm still expecting the old TV special where he basically okay. just gets yanked into the drain. Right. So when they chomp down and rip his arm off, I'm like, holy fuck! I just <laughs> I haven't seen the TV special, yeah, and I don't know. I didn't know. I went with a friend to see sure, this yeah. movie because I just I'm not... oh, it's aged beautifully. <laughs> um, it's, 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 but, it's aged so much. Well, <laughs> when they just rip the arm off of a five year old and just the cutest oh boy, yeah, he's just <laughs> darling and. They just rip his arm off, and there's just like blood and viscera, and it was just and, and already the scene was making me so uneasy. I knew it wasn't going to end yeah. well, but just yeah. that act of torture before he kills him was just too much. And it it should be so mentioned fucked. that to briefly mention in comparison with the TV thing, there was an element to his performance that was different. Like it, it had the I'm trying not to delve into too spoilery, but like otherworldly quality. Sure. That was completely yeah. missing. Oh, no, no, no. Period. I mean, like, that scene when you draw it out, and I mean, like... Because what you were saying about really that. trying to... Ha- I mean, they're trying to hammer it into your head and stuff that, like, Pennywise has never been human. But even... This yeah. is a thing trying that's to really imitate... That's really clear. It really, yeah, it's totally, yeah. yeah, and yeah. this isn't... Uh, yeah, it, this is a thing that's trying to imitate humanity yeah. who has gotten very good at it, but every now and again can't do it and yeah. i think you see it in the scene where he's just kind of like assume he's like an interdimensional yeah. and i really noticed that yeah kind of yeah i really noticed that that this time around just the way that the movie was showing that and i thought that was really effective yeah like the the choices they made for pennywise i think across the board were i'd say 99 percent spot on they and, nailed it yeah. i mean it's just they nailed it. nobody yeah. was expecting them to nail it the way they were especially after <laughs> i don't think even stephen king was and fuck tim curry definitely wasn't like you hear him talk about the movie he's like wow they did a really good job no tim curry was flat <laughs> out like no 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 that guy's that guy is that guy's the book pennywise he yeah. is the book penny i mean stephen king was even like stephen king apparently was just kind of like yeah you're gonna do it and i saw it was just kind of like you guys got it like, yeah oh, you wow. got it like yeah. you pulled it off you, you, you fucking nailed it. I mean, there's no other way to describe it and stuff. I mean, it's just it, it's just an amazing performance. And, yeah. I mean, also, just real quick, um, for those of you who haven't seen this picture, a shame on you. <laughs> this movie plays like gangbusters with an audience. Oh, yeah. This oh, is yeah. a great audience movie to watch. Um, okay, so that's Pennywise, and that's, I think... Uh, as much as we can say before we're just you know blowing him essentially um which you shouldn't do he might kill you uh the kids that would blow <laughs> uh the no, kids no, 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 go back i want to go on no, <laughs> you guys go on ahead <laughs> uh have fun so the kids in this the so, losers club the losers club um or lovers if you want to know draw a v on your cast uh, ah, there we go. <laughs> uh the kids in this movie it like is as important as it is to nail Pennywise and have him perfect. You need to do the same with the kids. 
And I think they did it. Like they, the the cast of kids they found was perfect. The chemistry yeah. was like stratosphere level yeah. amazing in this. And uh, they and they took care to dial back, like because you know Stranger Things is out. We have that comparison to make with these. And they kids. even cast a kid from Stranger Things, and so yet like, it still didn't feel like, oh, this is just Stranger Things, the movie with it. Well, for I was the record- so nervous because I do not like Finn Wolfhard's character in Stranger Things. No, not at, at all. Yeah. But him as Little King Trashmouth. <laughs> and for the record, everybody, in case you're wondering, this movie was in production before Stranger Things came out. Oh, I, that's want this, I want this. I want this iterated. Yeah. Yeah. No, so this is not. It wasn't like because I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they looked at Stranger Things and they're like, that's how we should make it." No, no, no. they aimed it us no, on their own. They looked that's, at Goonies and said, "That's how yeah. we should make it." Well, <laughs> I mean, truth be told, that's actually a good way of looking at it. Yeah, though. totally. Like, yeah. like, let's make sta- like or Stand by Me. Sure, which yeah. is another Stephen King thing. It's yeah. like because the way I describe it to people who are not into horror films, because I told them. I was like, this is actually a movie that I think people who aren't into horror films can get into. Yeah. Because I told him, it is Stand By Me, or even I'll go to another Stephen King adaptation that doesn't have any uh, supernatural elements, uh, Shawshank Redemption, with a monster. Pictures those characters dealing with a monster in it, with that type of depth and that type of like chemistry between each other. And I don't everything. think Andy would deal with uh, Pennywise very well. I think it'd be that one I don't really oh, see. Oh, God, but... <laughs> you, just, you just put this great image in my head where Andy's escaping in the sewers and all of a sudden he turns the car and you just see Pennywise and he's just like, sup, hey, oh, you're so lucky I'm not in my 27-year cycle right now. All right, get on, go on, go on. No, 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 get the fuck out of yeah. here, I mean it. <laughs> Um, but no, I think like the, the group of kids, like the way kind of how you do it, like the way that I explain this movie to people who haven't seen them, like, Oh, just kind of imagine Goonies, but you know, they're fighting monsters and stuff. Cause I don't, it's a definite horror film, but I was never like, I was uneasy a lot, but like, I wasn't ever horrified by it. No, I uh, wasn't. It's, under- it's difficult to I put was, yourself in the position of the you kids. Were? But not during the Pennywise scenes. The bullying scenes were. Oh my god! Yeah, those scared watch. me way more than because they were. And, they're so fucking real. Let's touch on that too, because that ties also into the issue of the adults. And I never got this with the last one, or a lot of horror films that are things like this that have children in them. They kind of skim over the fact that, like, to a kid, everything is scary. And in this movie, the parents are almost worse than Pennywise. I found myself thinking that throughout this this whole time. I was like, man, the adults, like. If Pennywise doesn't get them, they will. And the, the, like, the, the adults are, are fine, and like uh, I, I think the adults are the, the weakest actors in the movie, and I don't mean that anything against them. I don't think no. they're really given a lot either. And then uh, Bev's dad, but even he was only given, like, you're a creep. You're yeah. a creep and a bad guy. Um, you are but, a pedophile in the making. Yeah. Um, the, the kid for me that steals the whole show, and not, nothing against the rest of them, but Henry Bowers is so fucking good in this movie. Oh, yeah. That kid, he's got like that look in his eyes at times that is yeah. just like, like when he kills his father. Oh, my God. When he kills his fucking father, that holy shit. Out. He just puts it to his neck and you just hear the click. Yeah. Like that entire sequence, the, the way that kid plays, that damaged, like. I'm super tough, but un- like a bowl of jello on the inside. See, like- I didn't feel that they. He just seemed like a psychopath to me because yeah. everything his dad did was really logical because he was such a bad kid. Right, yeah. That, oh, I don't I- think he was damaged. I think he's just rotten to the core. See, I think. Because he's just so. He takes everything too far. He's so susceptible to Pennywise. He never even really needs to meet him for him to. Be oh yeah, totally. But I no no. But I think that's the scary thing about him is, yeah. is that you could take Pennywise out and you still have this psychopathic kid running around town who is probably going to murder a child at certain points. Oh, for sh- he would have killed Ben. Yes, like he, yeah. his plan was to kill Ben. Like his that's... plan was to gut Ben, not yeah, like, just kill him. Like, yeah, gut him. Yeah. I love Ben. Ben's what so a, good. That kid was such a wonderful actor. He was so he good. Just, oh. 
But Henry, like the the way that kid played him, like I think you're right. He plays him as just like this completely like he's a sociopath. Like he needs legitimate help, and his dad, you know, doesn't know how to do it, so just tries to rule with fear, which only makes the problems worse. And I think that kid, uh, I don't remember his name, but he did such a good job playing this. I think he is damaged, but not like in a really fixable way. And he plays it like he's a super soft thing on the inside that's like scared of it and just snaps out and is threatening and tries to be as violent as possible. And the kid is just like, he's the type of kid where like, if I were to see him beating up another kid and be like, well, I need to stop him, but I'm probably going to get stabbed in the middle of it. Cause he's not afraid of adults or fucking. No, anyone. he's not. He's legitimately. I mean, like I said, it's an interesting, this movie is so interesting because it's not just about like, oh, Pennywise is the monster in this. It's like, and this is why Stephen King is usually so good in his stuff is because he readily establishes monsters exist in the real world. Oh, yeah. And he puts real world monsters in his books along with the supernatural yeah. things. There's a few of them in this movie. And yes, and there's oof. a number of like, I mean, like, I don't know about you guys. I got legitimately creeped out during the pharmacy scene when the guy, when the pharmacist is yeah. talking to Beverly. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll take a real quick pause there. That guy is the real monster of the movie, the pharmacist, and it's not entirely his fault but he looks like Mitch McConnell therefore I hate him <laughs> it's actually Pennywise is this guy like Pennywise actually got smart actually after this and decided to get into a career politics yeah, and change himself into Mitch that's McConnell that's what I wondered though after seeing the librarian who was clearly some manifestation of it or not the librarian but the other woman in the library because yeah. they're dressed differently and they look just different enough it's two different yeah. actresses but I wondered if the pharmacist or that mean girl in the pharmacy were also like, it's so confusing because you don't know who no, is a manifestation of it. You don't know who it, it could be at yeah. times. But you the, don't know who's a manifestation of it and you don't know who is just, because this town is such a oh, shithole. Nobody should ever go to Derry. No. Uh, <laughs> and and th- for me, this is the first time this movie where, yeah, Derry itself felt like a villain, felt like a scary, like it was, it was such a, a character, a stained and rotted. You didn't get it char- from Dreamcatcher? What are you talking about? Or insomnia? I mean, <laughs> I mean, someone told me I should get it from Dreamcatcher, but you shouldn't have. I missed it. Uh, there was so much to catch in Dreamcatcher, <laughs> like the script. Sing pow bang. But even just going back to like, even though the adults didn't have anything to do, it's just like the fact that we couldn't tell who it was, and the fact that the movie just was actually kind of restrained in this. And yeah, like the book kind of. Yeah, oh, the movie's restrained. It's a very interesting movie at times. It's yeah. restrained about. Like, I wasn't expecting that to be honest. The restraint, and even the second time around, I was like, "This would have gone off. Like this would have gone poorly off the rails." It's oh yeah, shot like a, that's what I love about it is it's shot like a gothic horror period film. Sure, and yeah. I mean it is a period film in the sense that yeah. it's the eighties, but there's something very mannered about it. Yeah, and very it's shot kind of like Crimson Peak, but in yeah. like eighties dairy. Sure. Well, yeah. I'm gonna call it out right now. This movie to me was like I told him I was like if Amblin decided to make if Steven Spielberg said I'm gonna like during the eighties I'm gonna make an Amblin hard R rated movie, but I'm gonna take like element like take all the elements that I like in my films and put in. This is that film. It was. Very close to that Amblin kind of esque. It just needs a tone, uh, a tearful forgiveness of a parent in there, and then it's full on Amblin. Which no one in this movie deserves for no, no. adult in this movie deserves forgiveness. No. But okay, so we we Which started a- we started on the path of the kids, then we completely left it. We should go back to the kids because we've only really talked about uh, none of them. Um, a little uh, bit of Ben, but like the 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 titular character, not Iron and Pennywise in this movie. Like the the real kind of meter of it is Bill, and I think this kid, like he had quite a task. Trying to bring that guy to that guy to life because he has a strange stutter that's like uh, like very crippling and like people make fun of him for it and like it's this very like on the nose thing that he has to deal with on a daily basis and it just kind of defines who he is 
even though he would never want it to. Well, I mean, he, like this kid has a couple of interesting tasks in this. Um, beforehand, I just have to say this. he beats his fist against the post, or else he instill and says he sees the ghosts. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I, like that's that's like if you guys listen to it, that's what he's trying to say to get rid of his stutter and everything. Because you're dealing with a kid who has a great arc in it, who's try, yeah. who's just legitimately everybody around him knows the truth. His brother's dead. Like, oh yeah, he ain't coming back. This kid refuses to believe it because I and I think a part of him is also there's a selfish part of him that doesn't want to believe it because that means he also has to force himself to grow up a little bit. Yeah. In accepting the fact that his brother wasn't just isn't just killed is murdered. Yeah. Um, so you have that. You have the stutter, which I think um, this kid brings out brilliantly because I think a yeah. lot of other children actors would have overplayed the stutter. Once again, going back to the restraint thing, this sure. movie yeah. really knows how to pull it back. Um physicality wise i'm not sure if you guys noticed it he's um you know legitimately taller like you know as does yeah. happen during your preteens and stuff puberty does hit kids a little bit faster than it does others him and beverly it looks like are the two people in the group that it looks like kind of puberty hit them a little bit oh yeah ben and still has baby like baby fatness yes yeah, ben like, still yeah. has baby fat yeah. like um mike even though that kid looks like that if once he starts getting weightlifting nobody's going to be able to stop him. <laughs> yeah he even like, carries himself a little awkwardly like like he doesn't know what to do with his height yeah he does yeah, it which like, is really interesting he's got like yeah. kind of a lanky kind of walk to him and yeah. everything and stuff i mean overall like the kid had a herculean task of playing the leader of this group and i think i agree with you just yeah. pulled it off pulled yeah. it off great especially with uh i keep forgetting wolfhart because i'm yeah. forgetting his name now and i want to say cory because i'm a fan of uh, future man but uh he like even with that kid there, because that kid's like, he's blowing up right now, as well he should. He's fantastic. But with that kid there, and he's just like, he's got scene stealer written all over him. He's funny. He's quick-witted. Like, he's great with his lines. And for a guy to have to come in and try to counter that and play, like, the lead character, I think the kid did just, like, phenomenal. Well, the hardest thing when you have a char- when you have characters, like, with not just fi- with not just um, Trash Mouth also, but, I mean, and I guess we'll get to him later on, Eddie also, like, oh, being Eddie. funny Eddie. in his yeah. own yeah. way, in a very different <laughs> way, but also equally as funny as Trash Mouth, I'd argue. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to play the center. Yeah. You have to, you, but you have to have the center in order for those characters to kind of um, be able to explore it. It's like what I tell everybody. It's like, you know, the hardest role in Star Wars to play isn't Han Solo, it's Luke Skywalker, because Luke Skywalker has to be the center for Han Solo to kind of, yeah. like, you know, be Han Solo. He, he is the line, so you need yes. to know how crazy or not crazy they it's are. It's the crucial on, Jenga piece that can't be moved. Exactly, that's exactly. a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, he's the Jenga piece that cannot be moved. Everybody else yeah. can move around him, but he's the one that's got to stay center and kind of stay the course yeah. the entire time. Yeah. And that's th- actually C-3PO, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is a movie about robots. The humans just fall in line. Nah, it's Jar Jar Binks, who uh, Natalie <laughs> Misa think you're wrong. I can give you a few reasons. Star Wars is a movie about robots and the humans just fall around them. (laughs) What makes you human? (laughs) Anyhow. Anyway. uh, He's the the C-3PO, the beating heart of the film (laughs) with nothing but logic and goodness on his side. He has no heart. (laughs) Shut your whore. We're moving on. Uh, (laughs) You have no heart. (laughs) So, okay. So if that's, if that's Bill and we've kind of talked about Richie as much as we can, uh, I think the other one that I I think deserves most of the chat is Bev. Oh yeah, star making yeah. performance. Yeah. Like she, that is a star. Like she was incredible. Uh, and it's kind of one of the things where like you you know the next one they're gonna try to take place like that twenty seven years later when they're all adults they kind of hint at that all over the end of this movie and it's like I I get that they want to bring the kids back because they're so good and it's like that girl was just fantastic and like everything she did was great and like in like the way she played off everybody she had like a kind of a different chemistry and you can see like she talks to ben different than she talks to bill and she doesn't really talk to the other ones because fuck them 
But like, <laughs> she kind of has this like very different relationships with both of them. And even at a time, she thinks that like the poem came from Bill when it came from Ben, and like you can kind of see how she reacts to them differently. And well, I mean, let's. I mean, first off, um, I said that um, the actor who played Bill's performance is uh, great. Her performance, and I don't use this um, lightly when I say this word, is beautiful. Yeah, she has a beautiful performance in this picture because she plays i could you would you argue that she might be also an emotional center for this or a focal point in this and everything or i mean maybe story-wise but not for that group like she like i a lot of the kids in the group are still like they even bring it up like why is she still here like Mm -hmm. they like she was not a part of the losers club to all of them yeah no and i mean like especially by the end she is but no no no, i get exactly what you mean so i mean it's kind of in her and i agree with you you actually you're you got me thinking about it because you're right her relationship with bill is so different with the way that she treats ben where she almost sees that Ben needs somebody to kind of like go up to him and just be like, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. like your pain will pass. And that's how I think she kind of plays it with him where she just kind of realizes, Oh, this poor, this poor bastard. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's dealing with shit that I don't, that I don't even know about and everything. Yeah, this and might she be, plays it like that. This might sound a little weird, but she kind of recontextual, like she centers their age for me. Like, it's hard to tell with some of these movies that these kids can be a little bit like older than they seem because you kind of get lost in all that. But the whole like thing with the, the note and, oh, I like him. Does he like me? Like there's kind of an element of that. I'm just like, I forget in the movies like these that they're kids. Oh, yeah. And, and I think she does a good job of kind of reorienting us too in that. Well, I the, think. Go ahead. I was going to say the scene, like the scene that solidifies that for me is when she tries to get Bill to admit that he wrote the poem and he's like, oh, I don't know anything about poetry. And it's just kind of this heartbreaking like, oh, oh I, yeah. I thought we were on the same page, and no, only I'm on this page. Well, the one of the things that I love and stuff, because I just got to say this, is is that the other thing I wasn't expecting this movie was is that this is one of the funniest films I have seen this year. It is laugh out loud at times. Like, yeah, parts the, of it. Yeah. Parts of it. And what I love is, is that what made me kind of chuckle is when they're in the sewer and, like, Bed is shaking her when she's in the trance and everything, and all of a sudden he goes and kisses her, is that if you listen to it very subtly, you can hear, I don't know which one of the kids, but you hear one of the kids go, what the fuck? Oh, that's Richie. It's <laughs> definitely Richie. Like, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, okay, like, and I think almost one of the kids is like, okay, I didn't think you would need to do that. Like, also, yeah, just shout out that they explain how the, the clown manifests in this. Yeah. Like, whose fear it was, because everyone kind of had their fear that, Pennywise has kind of manifested in some way, and I was like, I wonder if they're going to explain why a clown. Well, it's I'm going to I'm going to put out a theory right there. I think it's his favorite form. He likes to be the, it likes to be the clown. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like I think it's just you know it just wakes up in the morning. But yeah, there was there, like, was there was there I want to be the clown. There like, was, yeah. I like the clown. There was a logic that each kid was kind of being approached in their own way, based off of their own fear, and I was like, okay, well, you know, he's appearing as a clown for him. But he's appearing as a clown for everyone at some point. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think that I think Chris is right. That's the form that he prefers to take. Um, okay. I think the thing with Beverly in this picture is is that um, if you notice it, is is that I think one of the things that the reasons why she starts hanging out with them is is that she's able to be a kid again. Yeah, she has to yeah, deal definitely. With so, exactly. She has to deal with so many th- adult things oh, that yeah. they don't. Not even because I mean, like. Bill's got to deal with a dead brother. Ben's got to deal with bullying. All I'm not. I'm not trying to downgrade those issues because no. those are things that kids have to deal no. with. And but they never I have think to deal that's with. Why she does like them because they understand her pain. Yeah. They they all are suffering as much as she is, but they've all found a way to be kids. Sorry, I have to leave right now. Is what I'm calling. Do, do you have five kids with attitude? You, you may have to. <laughs> you may have to restate that. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You were saying. Oh no worries, um, but what is it? But like no, but I think the but the other interesting thing is that they also play with the fact that while these kids are dealing with issues that kids primarily deal with, 
she's also the one that has to deal with the most adult issue in yeah. it, which is her horrifying father. Oh, yeah. And just how adult men see her. It was horrifying to watch that, like, I finally got... Like, this movie does a good job of giving you that feeling where you're like, suddenly... These you know these guys these kids these boys dealing with pain of loss and everything, but they're not also dealing with the fact that like adults look at you and lust after you. I don't know. It was a very icky feeling. This movie evoked it very effectively. Oh yeah, Mitch McConnell was super creepy. Oh, and I, like I was so like squicked out, scared, freaked out in well, that. Well, the way moment. the other girls treat her and stuff too is. Oh yeah. That's the worst part. I think yeah. is yeah. that. She's being blamed for other people's shit. Oh yeah, and that's I think that's where she finds camaraderie with the boys because they're always being blamed for other people's shit. Well, that and, and like, sorry, go yeah, ahead. there's because it's really funny. Like, yeah, what her dad is doing is very obviously horrible, mm-hmm. but it's so sort of common and banal that, like, for for me as a right. girl. Then it's like, yeah, this isn't really the most horrifying thing. Like, I'd be way more upset if I lost a sibling because, yeah. like, I don't expect that to happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, not, not to sound shitty, but, like, that's her life, you know? And and so that's where I think she finds camaraderie with these boys because yeah. they do understand sort of how pain just becomes your existence. Oh, and yeah, how being blamed for other people's attitudes toward you just becomes your existence. And they found a way to be kids and to accept her. They don't They don't look at her that way. She's, no. she's able to be with people who just treat her as a person no, beyond Richie. Like none of them even buy the rumors about her. Yeah. Like, and even Richie, I don't think actually does. He's just a smart ass. Like it's just what he does. Well, he's yeah. just like, he's trying to like, it's almost weird. It's like Richie is, tr- Richie is like, Oh my God, there's a girl. I don't know how to react to her. Say something, say something. Oh, I'll make fun of her because it is. Cause I make fun of all my other guy friends because it is. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't seem to comprehend that. Like, no, this is on a different level. You should not be making fun of her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just typical preteen stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't realize how hurtful it but is. That's like, even, each one of them have their own like, and th- like that's the one thing. Like, obviously, you can't cover the whole book in a movie, but like each one of them are coming from a place of kind of like what Sam's saying. They all come from a place of pain. Like something yeah. sucks in each one of their lives, and they don't really go for all of them. Like the um, what's his name? Is it uh, is it Stanley or um, Eddie, the one who's always sick? Eddie. Uh, Eddie's Eddie. the one that's always yeah. Sick. So uh, I like, guess it's a good with segue to him. <laughs> yeah. So like Eddie, like Eddie does a great job. Like he's funny, he's quick witted, but he also doesn't acknowledge the fact that his mom is just fucking him over at all he times. No, it's so funny too because he's the smallest one. He's yeah. the most childlike in a lot yeah. of ways because his mom has hampered his growth. So, I mean, his relationship with his mom is kind of as long term abusive or will mess him up as long term as what Bev's dad is oh, doing yeah. to her. You know, oh, and that's for sure. so. Most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can just that's see me and Brian so... just being like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what's so like sad about his situation is he doesn't realize that it takes a lot for him to realize that it's there. What did he call the placebos that like, it's all fake. Gazebos. It takes recognizing the gazebo to, uh, to realize what his mom's doing to him. And that's like a horrible part of growing up is when you realize that moment, when you realize your parents are human and don't necessarily have your best interests. At heart. Oh, I feel so bad for my upcoming son. He's going to learn that real quick. <laughs> well, and, I don't <laughs> trust me. son. <laughs> well, even as a parent too, it's interesting that, it helps that this movie kind of jettisons, like, makes the rot kind of a part of the adults there. Because as an adult, you do worry. As a parent, you do yeah. worry about your kid. 
and you worry that you're going to be overbearing. So like these, these these movies are kind of interesting in that way to see how they're approaching the parent figures. Like the Babadook does this too, and yeah, it's that was a tough watch after just having a, a child immediately. It was like, oh, yeah, let's but... watch the Babadook. Oh, I feel <laughs> I feel horrible now. What and, the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Uh well I like to watch these movies. Yeah. It's like I have a newborn at home. Let's watch The Witch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> at, at, for this for this second child during like midnight feedings, I'll be putting on horror films. Like like when Karina, my daughter was that age, I was watching uh, American Horror Story at night as yeah. I was feeding. Like she's asleep, she doesn't care. I just wanted to see people eviscerated. <laughs> I'm so happy to be up right now. I need to see people die. Well, there, there. I mean, I didn't want to fall asleep, so it works. Yeah, yeah. But no still. judgments. It's okay, honey. That was a great vegetarian dinner. You want to watch Cannibal Holocaust? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, who haven't we talked about? What are the other two kids? Okay, so we talked about Stanley we t- and Mike. No, no, no. There's. Uh, we've. There's I do have. Uh, who's the kid? The Ben. We haven't talked about Ben really yet. We talked about Ben. We, no, we didn't the, really dive in him too much, but the uh, movie doesn't really. For, for lack of we a, we need to talk uh, about how much he has the right stuff. <laughs> The um, he really for, does. <laughs> I love Ben. <laughs> the uh, going to him and hug him. <laughs> I forget his name because I'm bad with names. But the the black kid, Mike. 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 I don't like Mike in this because of what they did with him. Like, I, the, it's the one thing that I I liked. I liked how they had him in the TV one where he was kind of the glue that held everyone together, and instead he was just kind of this. It felt like they tacked him on, and it they felt tacked. Like there was he felt so, so interesting tacked on there with having and it lost his parents to it. Already, right? A, yeah. A, yeah. Um, or to oh, the geez. rot that is Derek. Like, I, I feel like we're going to get into this now no, a little I, bit with I, his I, character. I'm just going to avoid everything. Because the, the Mike in the movie is very different than Mike in the book. Yeah. Uh, I kind of assumed. Yeah. It yeah. Feels yes, like, he is very different in the like book. It feels like he yeah. knows a, he knows more about what's going on than they've given him the opportunity to say. Uh, so without like going... he's experienced the rot in dairy yeah. in a way yes. that the others like, haven't. Put it to you this way. He... It, kind of is alluded to and I really don't want to get into too much detail about this that he's the one person out of all of them and I do kind of wish they did keep this element or at least explored it a little bit more that you know how the kids are first encountering or first realizing it he almost knows from the day he was born that there's something going there's something very wrong in this town he has a more of a deep connection to the town than anybody else and without going too far into spoilers like he's the only one who stays in Derry like he is connected to this town. Yeah, I read a little bit about what yeah. the sequel is going to be. Which I, I hope find that is... they do better by him. Than yeah, because I because th- otherwise sequel... I don't think he'd be in the movie. Because if they weren't going to at least use him in the sequel, there's no point to keep him there because they don't do anything with him. Yeah. And I, I don't blame the kid. I think the kid no. did a great job with what they gave him. They just I really, really like I really liked seeing I, him on screen. Yeah. I liked him there, and I liked his performance was good. He was charismatic. He just had like he's they, the he, muscle. He didn't have any. Yeah. He probably didn't. I mean. Did he find himself in the script somewhere? Like, <laughs> well, no, he's in there, and I mean, like, what what you guys have just said without giving too much away. I do like the direction that the director said he may take that character in chapter yeah. two. Um, as po- all right, screw. It, I'm just gonna say they gave a lot of Mike stuff to Ben. Yeah, Ben yeah. is doing a lot of the things that Mike oh, does like in the, the book. That he, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Ben, that makes Mike sense. in the book is the one that knows all the, that knows a lot about the history of the things as a kid. Which makes sense because he was like homeschooled, so his education would have been different. His yeah. grandfather would have felt the need to explain yeah. to him that Derry is a bad place. And I think being like the only black kid in the super white town, he would need to know that. Yeah, for sure. And it's almost a shame. I well, it's interesting. It's almost a shame they didn't wade into that. It's, it's kind yeah. of interesting because it seems like I don't know about you guys felt, but it seems like his grandfather is the only one that is kind of trying to prepare him for what he's going to like almost in a subconscious way. I, I saw well, that too. And I was very kind of like, 
fascinated and curious. So, like, and I remained curious about the whole movie. Like, where are you going with this? Here's the deal, and stuff. Like, um, and I'm not talking about like because I'm actually going to go back to the Carrie Fukunaga draft of it, which I actually told, which I I read. Um, oh, a couple oh of cool. Ago. I found it online and I was able yeah. to read it and stuff. Um, a his parents aren't dead in that one. It's actually it's his mother and his father um, that are able to, are raising him in that one. Um, his father has cancer in the book, and not in the book, um, because he doesn't have cancer in the book, but in the script he does. Okay. Um, halfway through the movie, halfway through the script, he dies. His father okay. dies and everything, so he has to deal with that. And on his deathbed, because what we were just talking about, it's basically like Mike is the only one that kind of has parents that don't have this fucked up relationship with them. He actually has a very good relationship with his parents yeah. in the script, kind of like a way I kind of feel like his grandfather does have a good relationship with them. It's just he's trying to get his kid, his son to grow. Is he's um, just he's really he's, with a, he's, he's a, a tough, tough guy. yeah, exactly. but not a, not abusive tough. He's just tough, yeah, because he's trying to toughen up the kid and everything. But the scene that I'm talking about is is that his father's on his deathbed and he basically tells Mike, there's a monster in this town and I've been trying to get you almost prepared for it because I've kind of sensed you're going to have to face it at some point in time. The the way they're kind of setting him up, at least I kind of hope, and I could just be reading into it because it's what I want it to be, but I I feel like they're kind of going to try to make Mike in the second one the watcher on the wall. Like the guy who... He's the he's one. He's centurion. Yeah, he, he's the one who is always there and trying to prepare to help as much as he can. But how much can you help against Pennywise, which but, is virtually not at all. But I also think the other key, the other interesting thing that I read about in this interview and stuff is the fact that they're also going to say it takes a toll on him. Oh, for in sure. This. Like because you know he kind of he's happy go lucky originally and stuff. But I like the idea that in this in the in the sequel and stuff, he's almost going to be like a conspiracy nut. Well, or, and he's the only one who killed somebody. Yes. Like, nobody else has to deal with that. Yes. Like, uh, Bev cracked the shit out of her dad with that uh, with that Tola Boy lid, but, like, that guy's probably still alive. Maybe not, but probably. Brain damaged. Yeah, <laughs> like, and in prison. Yeah, and in prison. And but, Shawshank. Yeah. <laughs> with Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I, he's that will definitely take a toll on him. Even though, like, is a, you know, it's him or him. Like, it's neither one of them. They're not both walking out of there, so he had to do what he had to do. But that will de- – he's still a child who had to kill another child. Like, that will take an effect. Put it to you this way. In this movie, I feel like Mike was the short um, – was the character that got the short end of the stick. I do not think his character will get the short end of the stick in the sequel. Mike also killed the sheriff's kid and stays in town. Yeah, like that's – Well, to be fair, the sheriff's kid did kill his father, and they're going to have evidence of that. That yeah. like that kid was a psychopath and that you know Mike probably had no choice. Either way, he's he's in for a rough go of it. Like, there's no way around that. Yeah, like, I, that's I what not... I mean by I'm like whoever has to play the, whoever plays his character in <laughs> chapter two, um, which unfortunately my choice of him is as announced that he will no longer act anymore. Um, Jordan Peele was my choice to play an adult Mike. Uh... Oh, he would have been cool, but... which I think would have been great. I, uh, yeah, I do not envy the people who are working on the next one because just for reasons we won't delve into. That's going to be the toughest one to adapt because it's also the weakest part in any of the adaptations. Just bring yeah. in Lakeith Stanfield. He can yeah. do anything. <laughs> He's I have magical. S- I have so many theories, and like, I would <laughs> For love, all of like them. if you guys ever do like an It Chapter Two, what could possibly happen in this? I am more than down to do that with you guys because yeah. because there's I, I'm not going to watch a single trailer for the next one. I want to go in as blind as possible. Yeah. Like, I, I want to have fun with it because like I think I. Everyone involved in this one is doing the next one, and I think that's incredibly exciting. That's Can cool. we talk well, about Stanley real quick? Though? No, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean, but like, why? he's such a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, he's the weakest link for me. No, he's Bill. Stanley. We're not going to go back there, Bill. And I know, I know what happens to him, and so I feel bad saying that, but Stanley's a little bitch. But he's kind of <laughs> supposed to be. Like, that's yeah. kind of, he's that friend that you have in the group where it's like, 
Oh, we, we remember. Do we to, have to go yeah, in here, guys? It's like, can't we just say we forgot to call him and just assume he'd join us? Like, can't we just oh, this one God. time, maybe? I agree, but I also, I've always felt like I was that person. <laughs> Even though I might not have been, but this is how I see, see myself. Great, Jonathan's going to get a call in the middle of the night yeah. telling him, hey, guys, the thing has returned. And yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but yeah, why'd, like, you, why'd he, you wake me up? But no, I totally agree. He's a little bitch and, and he's a pain in the ass and... But that kid plays it brilliantly. Though. He does. That's he does it really good. That, yeah, he's supposed to be a bitch yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah, he does a great job with it. Yeah, but it's yeah. not. It's not his performance. It's just no. what a yeah. What no, a he's lame. a bitch in yeah. this. I, I'm like, I, I, I hate saying that word so many times about yeah. it. But that's the only way I could describe this character. Where yeah. you just kind of turn around, and just be like, "You're a little shit." Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, the the actor does a great job with it. Yeah, yeah he plays him wonderfully great. in this. Yeah. Um, but I think we should move into quotes. Quotes, 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 quotes. There's so many great quotes in this picture. Like, it's the thing that I love about it is that it's just a fully formed film. Uh, mine, I go with a Richie quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just the one that I, I'm not sure if it's in the script because I haven't read the script. And it felt um, felt kind of off the cuff and him just kind of playing around. It's when uh, they're trying to fix up Ben's uh, H scar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's trying to tell everyone how to do it. And they're like, you don't know what you're doing. Shut up. And the last thing he gets in there is, Suck the wound. Get in there. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) The way he screams, suck the wound, get in there, just killed me. It's it's such a good moment. It's not a quote, but um, I got to say, the scene that had me almost in near tears in the theater was when they're in Ben's room and he turns around and he just sees Beverly, like, close the door. Oh, yeah. I could just see them in the editing room just kind of being like, okay, guys, we could either play, we could either just delete this part or we could play it. But if we play it, we gotta play it. Like yeah. we can't, we can't be like, we can't like half play it. We gotta just like make this just this massive comedic scene. Yeah, it's I just love the the hit of music and everything. Like so, don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't. <laughs> and you just, I just love the look on his face. He's like, oh god, please don't tell them. They will never, <laughs> they will never forget this. Uh, the exchange I like is from Richie. I even though I wanted to try to find one that wasn't, but. He's got the best ones. Uh, it's between a conversation between Ben and Beverly, and Richie's there, too. Uh, I thought you said you wanted to get out of this town, too. And she's like, well, because I want to run towards something, not away. And then Richie just pops in. I'm sorry, but who invited Molly Ringwald? <laughs> <It's a mystery>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. That's a good one. My favorite is also from Richie. It's when they're in the rock fight, and they just have him in slow motion going, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we might as well uh, make it the quadra. Yeah. <laughs> might as well just make this the trash mouth it. hour of the yeah. day. I loved it. His name is Trash Mouth. And in Bob's Burgers, Linda has a raccoon friend named Lil King Trash Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite my favorite line in it is because it's so random afterwards. Where it's when, like, after they encounter Pennywise in, uh, at the house by Nibold Street, <laughs> you just turn around. He's, he just turns around and he goes, Look at this fucking kid. He's bleeding hamburger helper. <laughs> And he has the audacity to literally, because like Ben, just, like, you know, he almost got, he's like mauled at his side. Yeah. He literally takes Ben to end and he raises it up and he just sees the kid like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm bleeding over here. Oh, man. Just one more word for that kid. Like the, the two characters of Mike and this and Richie Trashmouth are so incredibly different and he does a great job. Yeah. I really like him. Um, so review system for today is going to be Ragtag Group of Kids. Any movie with a Ragtag Group of Kids. Monster Squad. Okay. <laughs> that works. Uh, I'm going to go Attack the Block. A uh, little different than this one. Um, they're all a little bit angrier and more gang-like, but uh, I think the 
the kids versus an unbeatable monster. It's still oh man, I would love to see Pennywise up against a bunch of inner city kids in like Oakland or something <laughs> like, like Pennywise that. versus the kids in Attack the Block. I'm into that movie. <laughs> I don't know. Pennywise would legitimately just be Pennywise would be the scared one in that film. I can just see the kids be like, "What the fuck are you doing? They're trying to turn into a fucking clown in front of who the fuck do you think you are? Let's just, tool up, bro. Let's tool up, bro. Like you, you trying to come after us in the block? No, fuck you. You're not coming out of here in 27 years. You're going down in 27 seconds, bro. <laughs> I would watch the hell out. Oh my god! I just oh my god! The, 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 whoever could do that mash, please get that out. I need to watch that movie again. I love that movie. Which also makes me wonder: what does Pennywise do in his twenty-seven years? I mean, like hangs out with Jeepers Creepers. You know, I I, I personally think he was so he happy. And the Babadook with... are revolutionizing the monster drag scene. Yeah. <laughs> I personally think Pennywise was just incredibly happy when video games started coming out. Yeah. Where he's just like, yes, I'm going to kill a kid. I'm going to take his PlayStation. I'm going to get all his games. They're going to blame it on a robbery gone wrong. It's going to be fantastic. So tired of fucking books. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go a little off the of center. Uh, mystery team with Donald Glover. Okay. Ragtag group of kids, but unexpectedly funny. Like, yeah, yeah. going to your comment about this movie being unexpectedly funny, I was not expecting to laugh as hard as I did. And, you know, you know, the comparison drops pretty much there, but still, there's a level of enjoyment I had in both of them. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, Scooby-Doo, written by James Gunn. Okay. <laughs> um, just because both movies shouldn't have been as good as they were. I'd agree and with that. And they're yeah. both perfectly cast. Yeah. Yeah. I... I I'm not a big fan of the second one, but I love the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it. Is it, is oh it, is it still on Netflix? Yeah. The, is it should. on Netflix? Because yeah. guess should. what? Because I'm yeah. actually because I didn't realize James Gunn wrote it, and I'm like, oh, is it subversive? Is that the idea behind it? Behind the like, Scooby Doo film? Like they they really uh, they really watered down a lot of the jokes in the original script, but uh, it's still it's still definitely James Gunn. The mm-hmm. the win is when you find out who the villain is. It's just as someone who like grew up watching Scooby Doo and loves <laughs> yep. it, it's so fucking satisfying. It's, it's, it's Shaggy, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh no, wait, no, no, no. It's it's the it's the pup, isn't it? It's the fuck. It's that fucking annoying little it. pup. Just watch the movie, yeah. man. Uh, all right, so that's the end of today's episode on it. Uh, I think we can all pretty much say that we really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Did we enjoy it? The it. No, I, think, I enjoyed that movie. I think we did. That was um, next <laughs> week. We have for the Oscars coming up. We have a battle, which is best picture winners. So it will be movies that have won Best Picture, and we're going to try to discuss which is the best at the table, which, of course, is mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm the reigning champ. I, I just want to note I've never lost a battle. It's true. I will be doing, and I have this, the best I will be doing this battle in character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see what wins today. because it's I am very, very This is a tough one. I'm this excited. Is, so the, I'm excited because these are all great they're movies. They're really good movies, and there's one great one at the table, and it's mine. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> He's doing Crash, if anybody's wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do people not love Crash? Am I wrong about this? Fuck. It's, it's Crash about, out of half. It's got half. about it, the same level of like social politics. So Anyhow. It's, um, it's Crash so out of doing, Africa, the artist. <laughs> I'm just naming all so the bad ones. We're doing the greatest film ever, which is The Apartment. We're doing uh, the worst film ever, which is Return of the King. We're doing uh, a really great movie, Science of the Lambs, and a eh, movie, uh, Beautiful Mind. None of that. A Ron was, Howard movie. Yeah. <laughs> None of that was stilted for my own win. Uh, and then none ap- at all. None <laughs> at all. No bias. Yeah. None, no bias. none whatsoever. Uh, and then after that, I haven't made the schedule out that far yet, so I have nothing. But we will buy. The world will end by then. The world will be over. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be rough. So thank know, you. I uh, look forward to our happening. conversation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Uh, so thank you everyone for joining us. And if you tune in next week, we will all be back. So thank you everybody, and bye. See you in a week. Bye.